everyone. Thanks for coming back to the Welp.com podcast. Today, I have with me a special guest. I have our multimedia manager from Welp.com. I have Andrew Carranza here. Hi, Andrew. Hi. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I'm sure everybody will really appreciate what you have to say about the behind the scenes stuff regarding Weld.com and our videos. But why don't you go ahead first and give everybody a little bit of a background about how you got started in the media industry and what you do? Sure, sure. Well, I went to film school, so I'm that old. And I was really always interested in films and 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 um, making videos. I've had a video camera. I had a video camera when I was 13 years old, so I got really obsessed with it really early. And um, I spent my career working both sides of the camera in production, uh, most of the camera, production and post-production. So not only shooting videos, but also behind the scenes, editing, color correcting. And I've been around so long that I actually shot on film. And I would say my biggest claim to fame is I shot a feature film called Across the Hall with Brittany Murphy which is actually um, the part of this big documentary about her. I shot that back in 2008. And my next great claim to fame is I shot the earliest um, Motion City soundtrack music videos. So, nice. but other than that, I've shot commercials for Subway and uh, yeah, I've shot commercials, music videos, a feature here and there. And then, um, so yeah, so kind of a, a pretty, I'm, I'm I got a lot done. I'm I'm pretty happy with what I what I was able to accomplish so far. So how did it end up that you landed at Weld.com? I moved to Florida. No, I uh, kind of <laughs> I um I moved down to Tampa uh, from New York City. My wife's from here. Uh, we had a, a nine year old, or at that time a five year old, and we decided it was time to come back, be with family, and have him grow up. Not quite in New York City Central, which ended up after this pandemic looking like a really prescient move and um and just working i just before i started working at weld.com i just finished a documentary um which took a little while about a local city um and i was just kind of um just had a down a down moment and uh and it was kind of slow slowed down a little bit and just finishing things up and then i got this call about uh helping out and um came on uh freelance to just kind of help get things going again i know there had been things that kind of uh mm-hmm. fallen off we had a lot of changes yeah change. there was a big change over a new crew basically and mm-hmm. so came in kind of hit the ground run to get everything back up to speed so whenever you first started, you really didn't know too much about welding, right? Oh my gosh, I knew nothing about welding. How I, much do you know now about welding? Way more than you ever thought you would. Literally, my main touchstone, the most I knew about welding was from watching the film No Country for Old Men. And in the movie, the Jeff, the Josh Brolin character, the the protagonist, Llewellyn, he's a welder. And and um, Woody Harrelson comes to, to greet him at his bedside in the hospital. And he says, what do you used to do before you clapped eyes on our money? And he goes, I was a welder. And he's like, uh, MIG, TIG, Braze, Pop Metal. He says he lists all these different um, processes. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and Josh Brolin's character is like, 
I told you I was a welder. Like, like, of course I could do it. I'm a welder. So I literally, that's probably as much as I knew. So I think that what everybody would probably really appreciate hearing from you, we have a lot of people who listen to our podcast and watch our videos who also have like their own channels, like a YouTube channel, or they post a lot on Instagram. So let's get started like with audio, because like audio is kind of like you could have a really great video, but if the audio is not good, the video is not good. What kind of tips can you give to people about getting great audio, like even just from their phones? Well, just to start off with, you know, radio came first, right? So if you can't do radio, you can't do TV. That's the way I look at it. If they can't hear what you're saying, then they don't care what they're looking at, unless it's some insane thing. Um, It's really important to get good audio. You don't have to get that fancy with it. When people, we talk about a type of uh, microphone that we call a lavalier. It's a lapel mic. It's something you would wear, uh, you know, on your collar. Um, And uh, oftentimes when people think of this kind of thing, they think of a wireless lavalier which is a high-end item that you would attach to your camera, and then the person can be up to 100, 200 feet away. You can still hear them and get great audio. Those tend to be, can get pretty expensive. When I say pretty expensive, well, they can get crazy at the high-end pro level. But for an amateur, a couple hundred bucks. However, there is something called a wired lavalier, which is actually the beginning of lavaliers was it was wired. And so you'd have a tether, and you can run it from, like, your 3.5-inch jack on your phone to yourself. Obviously. Um, you know, you can't get so far away, but they make pretty long leads. Uh, you want to be careful not to just like walk off with the mic attached because that's a recipe for disaster. But you can get a wired lavalier mic for your phone for $30, $40. And, and that will, uh, that will be a big improvement to just in camera. I mean, for the one, for the on camera mic for a phone, you basically arm's length is probably safe. Any more than that, depending on the environment, um, it's not going to get you the greatest results, especially if you are in a shop, which is full of uh, hard metallic surfaces that like to reverb. And that's really what I fight a lot when I get these videos, when people shot them, is they're in a, a setting that's not padded, let's say, not full of shag carpeting. And you get this, these, uh, these, these, this bouncing audio, and it looks sounds like they're in like a cave or a tunnel, and it makes it very hard to understand. Right. So the the microphone you said the lavalier. So it's L A V A L I E R for anybody yeah. who like wants to look on Amazon or something like yeah. that, because they can even get it just on Amazon, right, Andrew? Oh, yeah. No, these things, they're all over the place. Uh, I would try to get something that is more, that they have, obviously, mics that you can have for your phone when you're on a phone call. Those tend to not be as high quality as something that is just meant as a microphone for video, for, per se. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, you could try, certainly try something that you use for your phone to make phone calls. But you might find that something that is more uh, just to be uh, a microphone for video. It's going to give them the better quality audio. There's all types of post-processing that can be done to even make that better yet from what is originally gathered. But you want a clean, strong uh, signal to start with. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because if it's if you can't hear it, then you definitely can't like filter it or 
Right. Right. Yeah. If there's if there's if there's all types of sound going on in the background. I mean, when we shoot in our shop and someone's standing in front of one of those uh welders, you know, like a Lincoln and it's turned on, it's all the way up and humming and buzzing. Even that, um, I got to be sensitive about my mic placement, make sure to place the microphone on the other other lapel away from the machine to make sure the machine is not drowning the person out to the mm -hmm. point where, you know, so because, you know, because welding is a loud process. You don't you now you wouldn't use the lavalier for when you're actually welding. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do, I do use my lavalier audio to get because. That's the closest that's the closest microphone to when someone's welding. But sometimes it can get under a helmet, it can get covered by a shirt. So oftentimes when welding, you can just use that mic on the camera because welding is usually loud enough to mm -hmm. get a decent sound. Um, but when speaking, a lavalier microphone is really preferred and it's gonna get the, the it's gonna make things a lot better quickly. And then what about like arc shots? Because obviously, like that's like you know, the money shot when it comes to like our videos and that's what like everybody's aiming for. Right. So we all know that TIG welding is the easiest to get an arc shot with, right. Because it's the clearest visibility, but then whenever it comes to MIG welding or stick welding, obviously there's greater challenges because of the smoke and everything like that. So what, are some tips that you can give people about um, capturing those arc shots? Well, this is where this is where the kind of cameras we use, and we don't obviously use phones. We use uh, more professional type cameras, but that doesn't have to be nowadays some kind of crazy investment. You can get great cameras for hundreds of dollars, but that are like a, a DSLR or like just something that's more than a, a cell phone camera because the ability to attach lenses and have a longer focal lengths which allow you to be closer from a greater distance the ability to add filters which you can do with a cell phone as well but the but you know this the, the well that well pool that's pro that's probably almost brighter than the sun if you think about it it's very bright right so the problem is is that once you get in there you're not seeing much else because you are, are so you have the exposure so turned down just to get that well pool. Anything outside of it is just black, like midnight. High contrast. And high contrast is always a problem to reproduce. It's always a problem for a camera. So um, you know, you want to really be able to get in there to that to that to that puddle and that pool. And um, you know, just going with the auto settings on your cell phone isn't always going to do it. It's not going to be enough. So looking at something like an ND filter or a variable ND filter, and ND means neutral density, and that allows uh, the exposure to go even darker, darker than the f-stop or whatever kind of function you have on the cell phone to darken your exposure, because you will need to take, I need, I need to go, luckily I have a camera, a great camera, nice camera that has built-in neutral density, and some cameras do. And that allows you to get even darker to really get the exposure down to where it needs to be so that you can get that uh, shot. The, you know, the other part of it is, you know, welding is done in a macro uh, type uh, uh, sizing. So usually you have to be very close to see what's going on. So that's where having a, a, a zoom lens, a longer lens to be able to really get in there can be 
uh, you know, is, 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 is super necessary. I shoot everything with a long lens. I shoot with, with ND, but I also shoot everything at 4K when I shoot welding. And the reason I do that is because sometimes I can't always get as close as I want to be. And sometimes I don't want to get that close because I don't know what the person's doing, what the movement's going to be. And I find if I get really close and they move and then I got to follow them at that closer range, it's very hard to control the camera and get a smooth motion. So by backing off, going a little wider and shooting 4K in post-production, I can do what they call uh, repo or repositioning of the shot. So if I'm finishing in HD, even if I'm finishing in 4K, the, the grain and the sharpness of the image is so much that I can still push in quite a bit and get really close and really precise. And I know a lot of people watch the videos might say, wow, that guy's a great, a, a great photography. Look how he follows that puddle so close. I'm doing that in post-production. So I'm just getting myself the raw material in production to really be able to, in post-production, get that level of precision. Right, right. That makes sense. So what do you... I'm trying to think how to say this because like, say for instance, if the one video when you did uh, Cliff and he was stick welding. So you see like, there's like a lot of smoke with that too. So is that really just having the angles set up and just letting it go and then just being able to like zoom in post-production? Is that really what it is? Well, that has to do a little bit with um, my secret weapon. And my secret weapon that I learned from uh, very early in the industry and what I really focused on early on because of my interest in cinematography was color correction. Uh, when I started in the industry in 99, 2000, uh, what was happening was for a high end, because I was really interested in the high end commercial stuff, people were shooting motion picture film and they were taking it and putting it on a machine called Telecine. And that scans the film and turns it into a, a digital or a video signal. And then a person called a colorist, guy or gal, would go ahead or they uh, would go ahead and 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 manipulate the, that image. So they would get all the information from the film, bring it into a video setting where it's more malleable, say, and then they would manipulate it. And this is how this is. And, and then you and then they would spit it back to video and you'd see these beautiful, great commercials or music videos and go, oh, my God, that's. That's insane. How did they get that to look like that? It's been very manipulated. Now, later on, early in the aughts, we started doing this with motion pictures and you started seeing films that use this technology. Anyways, I started out in a color suite. One of these rooms at at that point was $1,000 an hour to be in that suite for commercial work. So I learned color correction very early and that's always served me very well. And that ability in post-production to manipulate footage, to manipulate contrast, color, to really sweeten the image and get you the most information and the best looking information. That's kind of how I get uh, the better image in post-production that I can't always achieve in shooting. Nice. And then what would you say about how long it takes to make one weld.com video? Well, it could always be faster, Um, but it does. (laughs) From, from, the thing is here's the thing that can be done faster but i mean everybody's you know a minute like what usually right goes into a video andrew well you know the more you know the longer it takes right 
you know, a photographer or, uh, you know, any, I'll say artisan, uh, the more the knowledge that's there, the more they can manipulate, the more they can really get something just gleaming, you know, you give them enough time and they can work. And, you know, most people that are artists, artisans, they can they'll paint until you tell them to stop. So it's kind of the same way with me. It's kind of like I can really I can, you know, make the audio sound as good as possible, make the picture sound as good as possible. But you've got to set limits on that and limits on the time that it takes because you can take forever. Uh, but just cutting together a video, um, I think the standard in production, in uh, the standard for creating anything video-wise, film-wise, is usually you spend about a third of the time in actual uh, photography production and about two-thirds of the time in post-production. That's kind of industry standard. So it might take, I know, I think for films, like say they shoot something for a month and then a director gets about 10 weeks for, a, for the director's cut. So about so for that month, they're given by contract two months to deliver a first cut. So that is and that kind of goes to that industry standard of however long it takes you to shoot that thing is probably going to take you two or three times longer to actually get a finished piece. Hi, everyone. If you go to store.lincolnelectric.com, you can use our promo codes weld.com10 which is 10% off of equipment and weld.com 20, which is 20% off gear and accessories. These are valid through the end of the year and weld.com is spelled out W E L D D O T C O M. And then you just put 10 or 20 afterwards. And there's a section on their online store site where you can go to new products and promotions and right now they actually have the Aspect 230 DC welder on sale for $3,721.54. So go save an extra 10%. Right. And then, so you say that sometimes it's a day to shoot, you know, I mean, like, well, our videos like I was talking like more about like how long it takes like for one of our com videos but yeah sometimes it's like one and a half days like you're yeah, shooting yeah, like, thinking right comes you know that, then, that, yeah I'm sorry you're breaking you up a little bit back, so right? yeah so I'm sorry you broke up a little bit so for like that laser video for example which was or uh, the laser, the IPG video, which had a lot of key points to go over, a lot of information to cover, a lot of uh, just you know a lot of information, specific information. It took it took uh, three or four days. Took three or four days just to go over it and go over it and go over it and make sure everything was covered and make sure it was as tight as could be and it flowed as well as possible. I mean, people take um, you know. You can take as much time in post production as you have. I mean, you can it can be fairly endless, uh, depending on what you're doing. So, like I said, you really do have to set timelines for yourself and try to stick to them as much as possible, um, because uh, yeah, you can get carried away with it for sure. And then I think something else that we could give, like, so somebody who has like maybe like their own like series, you know, like we have hosts that have their own YouTube channels, like even like Michaela, like she started her own channel and 
you know, something that she does is that she's just so like relatable and like down to earth and she plans really well. Like how much could you say about that, Andrew? Like preparation Mm -hmm. is like key, right? Oh, very much so. When you see these big movies, these blockbusters, these big films where they spend hundreds of millions of dollars, let's say, just as an example, because there's so much at stake, so much resources, they will spend years in the planning of these things. I really, but in, in terms of just real, actual pre-production, once the scripts, because you know people spend forever just creating screenplay. So just creating that blueprint, they'll spend years creating that blueprint. And then once they go into pre-production and they've gotten the money and they figure out kind of the limitations they need, they have to work with inside because no one gets all the budget. No one ever gets, let's put it this way. And and just walk in knowing you're never going to have all the resources that you need and not let that stop you by any means. But but really filmmaking, video making is all about working inside or, or, or how you creatively deal with the limitations at hand. That's really what it's about. Um, so, but but planning, planning is so essential, and it really becomes uh, it becomes a real key part when it comes to editing, because if a video is planned right, the edit will go smoothly. You'll have all the footage that you need. You won't find yourself missing shots. Um, in modern filmmaking, um, especially on the big on the higher budget ends, uh, they always bake in time for reshoots. But I know that when it comes to us making our own videos, we don't always have time for that. So you want to plan well just to make sure, for example, with that IPG laser video, I knew I wasn't going to have all of the equipment um, to go back and get stuff. So I made a shot list and just planned real precisely because I knew once they walked away with the gear, once I had the day or two that I had to shoot it, I wasn't going to get a chance to go back and get another shot of the machine, get another shot in the containment. You know, I knew I wouldn't get that. So uh, generally speaking, I can always kind of go back and sneak a shot in here and there if I miss something. But um, when it comes to, 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 to things like the IPG, the laser video, for example, I had to be really uh, precise. And it, it did help, even though it took me longer to edit it, I knew I had all the pieces and it was really just about perfecting it and making it making it as good as possible. And then what about voiceovers? What would you say about that? Because I mean, obviously, if you can capture really good video, but like you are having trouble with your audio or, you know, you are welding, like you really can't not really, not a lot of people can talk while they're like welding and capture good audio, right? Right, of course. Now, the real secret and a great trick when it comes to recording that voiceover is if you if you have a video and you're in the video and you're talking to the camera, we've got you on camera and you're talking and you get that audio quality and then you go to do a voiceover and then you record it somewhere different with some kind of different microphone, based on how good the quality is of your production audio, the difference can be pretty stark and it can be pretty jarring, right? Um, Because usually when you're doing a VO, you can be basically really just with the microphone just right at your face, perfectly, a perfect microphone, a big perfect microphone right in your face, getting this beautiful audio. And when you're on location production, you've got this lapel mic and the difference in sound and a good sound guy can kind of level it out to some degree, (coughs) but, you're probably not working with the best microphones, let's say, or your, your production audio is probably not perfect. And so the sound can be jarringly different. So my trick is to say to people, 
when you need to do your voiceover, record it in the same place with the same microphone setup as you recorded your original audio, your production audio. In this way, the that audio sounds similar and there's not that jarring jar jump. So, but other than that, if you're not doing, say, audio while you're in the video, you're just doing a voiceover, um, I think that's a great way uh, to kind of collect your thoughts, write a script, and really kind of illuminate um, what is what it is you're doing in a way that is straightforward, in a way you're not repeating yourself. Um, so yeah, I, I think a VO is a great, I mean, you could do a whole, I mean, I think, I know some welding videos are just all welding shots with someone speaking over them. Um, but, you know, I know that annoys people too, because I know from experience that people really want to hear the welding. They want to hear, that's a big part of what I try to do too, not just make the picture right, not just show it to you, but have you hear it. Because I learned the hard way by putting music over stuff and people complaining that the sound of welding for a lot of people, that's really key. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they definitely want to hear the sound of welding because, well, you know why? You can hear certain things and it can help them identify if something is happening. Do you know what I mean? So they rely on that sometimes to make an adjustment on their settings or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I can, I, I can, I mean, I didn't, I mean, I don't hear it, obviously. I don't have the ear for it yet. I mean, mm -hmm. I know. It should, certain things should sound like sizzling bacon and things like this. But I know that when you're, you have the hood on and you're looking and you're trying to weld, I know that the vision aspect of it isn't always um, pristine. So relying on your ear and developing that sense, like someone who's blind, for example, obviously beca it becomes key. And so, yeah, I, I try to, and so I do really try to make sure I get as pristine a sound of that welding as I can, knowing full well that for many people, it's almost more important than the picture. Yeah. All right, Andrew. Well, I really appreciate all of the tips that you gave us. And I think that this gives, you know, some good advice to anyone out there who's interested in making their own welding videos. Do you um, want to share with everyone? I know that you have an Instagram. Is that where you would want them to find you? uh do i have an instagram yeah i don't know what i do but if i do i'll if i don't i'll create one um you do it's andrew r carranza oh well look at that that's <laughs> how much stuff i post on it <laughs> you don't you don't post but maybe somebody who's making videos maybe they might have a question or something like oh, that yeah. they can always write you a message or Ooh, if you guys know. want to yeah, you guys can go to weld.com backslash forum. And if you guys have any questions specifically about arc shots or any kind of um, questions regarding video, you can always post on there too. And if I see something come across, I will let Andrew know. Yeah, very much so. Uh, please do and feel free. I, I you know, I, it, it makes me feel great uh, helping people. I just, I, Really, it, it's it's a thrill when I can help somebody and I can, I, you know, I see kind of where they go, where they go with it. It's really, I mean, that's part of, besides shooting and, and editing, I also help other uh, welders, you know, people that shoot stuff uh, for us by themselves. I, I, I help them um, uh, get those great art shots and, and get good audio. And mm -hmm. it's literally, it's probably my favorite part of the job is helping people. 
just nice. helping people who are like starting out kind of their filmmaking journey and being able to kind of lend a hand. It just, it's to me, it's really thrilling. So um, yeah, if you guys have any questions or issues, feel free. You know, it just makes me, like I say, it's just to be able to be a force multiplier and to help people get better and help make better videos. It's just uh, a big part of, of what I try to do. So. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, we appreciate that, Andrew. Um, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Okay. We'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. 